five, six, seven, eight, guys. It is time to talk finally about my dancing life. Here is a decade of teaching dance on Zach Talks. Let's get the fuck into it. So yes, today we are going to talk about the thing that I've been probably doing the longest in my life, and that is teaching dance. Now, if you're new to my podcast, welcome to Zach Talks, um, where I, I don't know, I'm just, I'm a bisexual 29-year-old weirdo, recently divorced, uh, social media has been a rocky weird world, so now I have also been teaching dance, which is what we're going to talk about today, yeah? My passion, I would say, for dance kind of came from, uh, I don't know, it was like really an escape for as far back as I can remember when I was a kid, I when I actually remember the Rihanna album, you know, like Ponda Replay, that shit, and like fucking, what is that other song? If it's loving that you won't, come and make a me yo girl, ooh, shit, that got me, man, like I was just dancing in my room. Oh, those were the the early years, and I don't know, I guess, like, Missy Elliott watching her video of, like, Lose Control, and I was never really, like, a Michael Jackson, like, guy, or, like, you know, I'm not really that guy, like, I know, like, S Club 7 was kind of, like, choreo, cool, but, like, Christina Aguilera, I remember Janet Jackson, even, she had, like, So Excited, that song when that came out, ooh, that little break, oh, anyways, But yeah, so uh, in this episode, expect um, pretty much how I really got into teaching dance, how long it's been, Uh, maybe some shout outs with not mentioning too many names, but um, definitely some funny stories because after 10 years, there's some funny shit that happens. Um, But yeah, so uh, in the early years, I actually started teaching dance in 2010. Um, I was still in high school and... I don't know, I think like in 2009, um, well, we bumped around a lot of schools, and this one that we landed in, I was there from the years of 2008 to 2011 when I graduated, and in 2009, there was like this dance, like, I guess, I don't know, like after school thing, I don't don't really know what, what it was, like a dance club, I don't know, but it was like jazz and like contemporary, which was fine, you know, I don't hate. But, like, something was missing, right? I was, like, a ghetto... I was, like, a ghetto gay kid, you know? So I was, like, ugh, you know? Um, So I would freestyle a lot um, under a bridge right near my house. Yeah, so dramatic. So gay. Just getting bullied. Like, "Mm, I'm a dance. Um, And because I wasn't necessarily the best at hip-hop, because I never really took class um, up until this point, you can imagine I was doing, like, contemporary to, like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like ludicrous it was weird um but yeah so th- in 2010 um i don't know i think like somebody like had asked me to choreograph like a piece for one of their like random greek shows i don't know and i did like a burlesque thing because that just came out and it was huge and um we uh, I guess the studio where she rented then asked me to come in and teach for them and keep in mind, I was in high school. There was a lot of shit going on in my head. Like, so much was happening. I didn't really see a future just because I was such a depressed kid. Hi. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I really just went with it. And 
I immediately started teaching like teenagers and adults and, you know, very, I wouldn't say advanced classes, but I would say that they were like relatively tricky, you know, like not the most hip hop, I would say, just because I was still a contemporary kid. I would freestyle hip hop as much as I could, but I don't know. I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing because I never really learned. My parents were not, I don't know, they the one time that they put me into a dance studio, it lit on fire because we were in the hood, you know? <laughs> so I never really danced after that. So we didn't really have the money to, to do those types of things either. So I would just freestyle in my room or under the bridge, like I said. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. That That's really where it, it started. It was, it was wild. Um, I would say the hardest thing that I had to encounter was that it was extremely far from my house because we lived on like this long street called Centerville and it's massive houses, not ours, but (laughs) it was just a really long road and I had to walk it. And then after walk an entire village and I'm not even kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like actually walk an entire village. Uh, to the bus stop, which would then bring me to another town over, or like two towns over or whatever. Uh, that was like a pretty decent challenge. And I think also with like my sexual identity too, for some weird reason, like I think I had a girlfriend at that time and I was like, mm, you know, like teaching dance was never really like a masculine looking job, you know, like being me wasn't really easy on being, I, I don't know. There was, there was just something like that that was fucking weird. Um... I'm trying to think of like memorable things that happened at the beginning, but there wasn't really because I took it so seriously, you know, like I was really, really into it. Um, I, I don't know. I was like almost too into it. Wait, was that my first job? Yeah, that was. Yeah, sorry. I have a blank there. <laughs> but um, but then, yeah, I, I bounced around a lot of uh, different studios uh, within the area after that. And I would say solidly from the years of 2010 to 2012, when I was still in the West Island, um, yeah, just bounced around, really created like this new style for myself. You know what I mean? Um, Speaking of style, um, because I was um, getting into this weird hip hop world of where I didn't really know what I was doing. I like watched a lot of YouTube and tried to emulate it myself because YouTube was a really big thing back then. Things like Chachi Gonzalez, uh, Ian Eastwood, um, Paris Bell from the Royal Family wasn't really big back then, but she was a huge inspiration later on in my dance life, I would feel. Um, uh, who else did I watch? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I would always watch like Urban Dance Camp, uh, a lot of like uh, World of Dance, the competition, a lot of like team things and i would try to emulate it but i didn't know what the fuck i was doing because i was a contemporary dancer because you know i don't know that's all they had at school so that was it um i would say like from i don't know what really changed my oh you know what oh yeah i'm actually going to give this this person a shout out i'm sure she would love to be shout out there uh victoria actually one of my students she at the early years of my dance life really inspired me um she was just full of energy, so much hair on the <laughs> on her head, beautiful, uh, different color hair as well. And she was so hip hop, like she really honestly, and I think this was actually like 
maybe 2011. I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me on it. But um, she was in my hip hop class and my like jazz funk pop class. And she was fantastic. Honestly, like really changed the way that I choreographed as well. Because finally, I had someone that was able to emulate a lot of the, you know, the popping, the locking that I was trying to do. And she, seeing it on another human, it really helped me create a different style for myself. And being able to push my own limits with either the speed of the choreography or different things, the level of, I don't know, being able to do floor work. And then, I don't know, just she was really someone that I um, I really loved uh, teaching. Now, one thing I really want to talk about is the reason why um, teaching at that point um, was super important to me and what I felt like I brought to the table. Now, there was a couple instances where a lot of my students just didn't feel comfortable in their skin or there was issues going on at home or multiple things, getting bullied at school, bunch of shit, you know, and my classroom was always an open space. You take whatever happened to you that day, you put it in front of you, and you dance You dance it out. You know what I'm saying? Because that's partly why I danced when I was a child. Traumatic household, traumatic school experience. All I had really was... <laughs> I had Rihanna, girl. You know, I had my fucking Missy Elliott. I had my music in my room, and I had freestyle, the abil- like the ability to dance. So... Um, so that's really why I started is that I wanted my students to feel empowered, but, and I don't know, also like badass. Cause like, I feel like that's where a lot of my music choices come from, you know, very bassy songs, things that are times <laughs> like a little vulgar, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's just to show that strength that you might not have in your everyday life. Because when you dance, whether it's on stage or in a classroom, you are a completely different person. You're playing a character. And that's the beautiful thing about this art is that you are able to transform into someone that you are not at that moment. Or let's say you are very sad and you do a contemporary piece. That is going to come from a place of truth, a place where you're able to kind of almost be a physical diary for this whatever you're going through. So anyway, so that's why I kind of got into <laughs> into teaching. I probably should, well, not really. I just got into teaching because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I was young and t- like, I was in grade 10. So, but it morphed around these times when I, when I said, when I met Victoria and other students that year, and I, I traveled a lot to teach dance. And I just saw the importance of my class through so many students. It was wild, man. Like, I, I couldn't imagine being... Uh, a teenager and you know a young adult at that at that time um with so much traumatic experience that has happened to me but yet be able to be a signal and a vessel of strength and creativity for all of these teenagers and really talented teenagers as well uh from there it morphed actually into um me going into teaching higher level and doing competitive classes and <laughs> that was you know, something that I was, I never even thought of when I was a, a teenager or a young adult. Like these small things in life really did make my life whole because I don't know, my family wasn't like that. You get a job, you smoke cigarettes, and you fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, like, 
I don't know, it was just, a, it was like a whole new life I was living, and um, winning my first competition, uh, this is a pretty decent scenario, it was a choreography that I, uh, it was a duo, and it was a choreography that was kind of just put on uh, my partner and myself, but I took, you know, a lot of the lead in choreographing because I said, listen, I, I know contemporary. That's all I know. I'm trying to, you know, master my hip hop. And um, so, yeah, sure enough, we actually won. And it was just we went to we went to New York City. And that was one of the most mind boggling experiences, because, again, I always relate it to my past and my family. But that's dances. Like I said, an outlet. Um and yeah, I was the first one out of my family to actually go to New York City, and I was just so proud to be so young and to go there for a dance competition and compete. That's, I don't know, I found that so fucking cool. Um, I think from there, uh, I had met my ex-husband, and we moved out, and uh, I still was dancing, uh, I still was teaching dance, but now I lived on my own, so I had to, you know, get a, a normal job as well. Uh, but before I did all that, I actually um, went to LA and <laughs> this was in like 2015 ish and it was or I don't know <laughs> I honestly like I don't know the the timestamps I'm not very good at not gonna lie I'm not quite sure Wait, it was around that time all right and um, I went alone and I was petrified, <laughs> okay? Oh, my God. Oh, I was petrified, yo. Because my family didn't travel. We never went anywhere, you know what I'm saying? We A plane was, like, not even in my vocabulary when I was a child or a teen. So I arrive in L.A., and I am staying in um, North Hollywood. And I was I, I was just super excited every day. I felt like... Um, I was petrified to go to and fro the dance studio and my hotel room, not gonna lie, pretty afraid, late at night, sketch, um, but <laughs> I was so pumped every day to learn something new, and that could that was all choreography, I took every class that I possibly could, there was nothing that was gonna stop me, um, this is where I met Brian and Scott, uh, the brothers that uh, choreographed for Ariana Grande, and I took actually my first Paris Gobel and Hollywood um, collab class, which the energy in that room was something I never really experienced before because I was such a delicate, well, I'm not going to say delicate dancer. Like I had, I had my hip, my own form of hip hop at that moment. It was really rough, raw, ludicrousy, very bassy, aggressive, um, fast, you know, high energy quick timing, interesting movement, I don't know. Um, so I, I had an idea of like my dance identity, but um, I, I don't know, that class was something I wasn't expecting, you know, because it, it came from such a raw professional place. And that's where I knew, like, I was like, yo, I need to get better. I need to, <laughs> I, I want to be this good, you know, I want to dance with them. I want her to uh, I went to Jojo Gomez's class, and this was back in the days where things were a lot cheaper than they are now. So it was easy. It was just it was it was one of the best trips I've ever had. And then fast forward, I came back with, oh, I came back with vengeance, 
And at this time, I was, uh, like I said, living on my own with my ex-husband. And I would travel even further now to go teach at one of the best studios at the time that I've ever taught at. The caliber of students that I, I'd like to say I created, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And that's always like the weird schism I go through as a dance teacher. I was like, do I take, like, can I take credit? <laughs> like, yo, I know you put in the work, but like, oop, that was a tongue pop. Uh, oop. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Um, so yeah, so at that studio, I had built, uh, I had three teams at the moment. Um, a younger one, which was, uh, I don't know what ages, kind of like all, all teenagers, but uh, younger, I guess. And after I had an older team, and then they would combine to make a larger team. And I decided, like, listen, I'm going to dance in the large team. And we called ourselves Crooks. And this was another huge, huge, um, not I wouldn't say milestone, but it was a big, big moment for me because it was a huge project. I've never done something like this before. And at this moment, I had already done like some auditions, like a bunch of auditions uh, when I started being a working dancer. But I would get in. I'm going to get into those con <laughs> those uh, <laughs> I was going to say conflicts, but they're all pretty good. But I'm going to get into that tea a little bit later on in this episode. But um, yeah, th this studio um, was one of it was a it was a big turning turning point in my life. Because the competitions that we were doing and like working with so many people all on my own, you know, and winning in, in high level competitions and all, all over Quebec and Toronto, you know, these places and just being so proud, people knew who we were. You know, I had a soloist as well at that time who was just out of this world, fantastic, would win everywhere, hip hop. Um, both my teams were doing extraordinarily well. It was just, and it was a creative choreography, great mixes. Can you can hear it from a mile away? And when I danced in there, I remember doing one of these competitions, and we got a standing ovation. People were freaking out. We won like a judges award, and um, even the judges, I don't know, said a lot of things to me. I don't know. It was just really validating and. <sighs> good old days when my knees would work better <laughs> than they do now <laughs> but yes um now i want to uh, just get into a little bit of some tea i'm not going to be too specific because i don't know if i can be um but i want to get into some tea of uh, when i became a working dancer not a dance teacher um now i do <laughs> Remember this one contract that um, I guess there was a permit issue um, where we weren't allowed to dance in that public area and the cops were called. <laughs> yeah, like this actually happened. Um, there is another uh, contract I did for a really, really well-known church uh, in here in, in, in Quebec and uh, very high-end, very classy and... I had to do a, a tap piece. Keep in mind, I'm not a tap dancer. I was doing dancehall, hip-hop, and uh, contemporary and jazz at the moment. So, not really a tapper. Eh? <laughs> but I did it. I faked it. And I was really good. Honestly, contracts like that. Loved it. But I had dropped my hat off stage. Ooh, but I went to go get it really quickly. That was probably like drama. 
I don't know if you're a dancer yourself, you know, that's like that adds to the, the stress. Um, what else? What other contracts have I done? Um, hmm. I mean, all of them that I've done have been contracts that I have either choreographed or, um, danced in. Now I'm actually, um, the more, the more I think about it, um, I'm actually really, uh, really fortunate to, to have been able to do these types of, uh, contracts. You know, I've been asked to do, to give a lot of auditions. Um, there, there was this one audition that I don't, (laughs) kind of gives me like, oh, such bad, bad memories. Um, I'm going to, I feel like this podcast is exactly the time to talk about it. Now, there was this audition for um, a contract that needed four dancers. Now, they needed two male leads and two females. Now, I had no idea, first of all. Like, I was literally just, I was, I'm not going to lie, probably a little baked. And I walked down this road and I saw that this audition was happening at this studio upstairs. And I said, fucking right, let's go. Like I still, this was back in the day. Now, keep in mind, this was when I was living with my, um, with my family. Well, one of my, you know, it was, I was living with someone and <laughs> that I'm related to. And I, um, I don't know. I just like went in pretty baked and I was not dressed appropriately apparently the men had to wear jeans and i was in sweatpants uh just so many things i did wrong including when the men had to go in freestyle now i love freestyling freestyling is fun it's fun right but i just saw a lot of the boys do a lot of break dancing oh first of all when i went to go do the sign up application i put in the wrong number and i don't know Anyways, um, but yeah, so I saw as uh, a lot of the guys were freestyling that there were a lot of breakdancing. Now, I don't breakdance. Um, I don't even know how to do any of that. I won't. I would die. I would break something. Uh, so um, going down the line, girls are dancing in heels. Guys keep doing breakdancing. Uh, you know, I do more. None of that. So I faked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good idea to go on the floor and sizzle like a piece of bacon. Now, the judges are all sitting at a giant table right at the end of the room. We're all lined up on the other side. We had to like kind of go down the room one by one. So you could imagine, to their surprise, when a person gets on the floor and starts shaking, convulsing. You know what I'm saying? I did that. And I was probably in the back of the line. So there was a lot of people who had already went and now are watching me sizzle (laughs) okay talk about embarrassing okay this is why you don't do an audition stoned don't do that but i still got it i was the top two guy and i got the contract (laughs) so i don't really know if there's a moral to that story um but um i'm trying to think of the other contracts anything that really sticks out i mean i've danced obviously in like really shitty shoes, you know, things like that have happened. I've got pushed through a chair. Um, I've been kicked in the face. Uh, 
things like that. But these are all things that dancers, if you are a working professional dancer, for contracts that you really want to do, and I'll get into that a little bit later, um, you just kind of roll with the punches and these things happen, right? Now, speaking of contracts uh, that I say that you really want to do, and I specified that, is because sometimes when you feel like dance contracts are so scarce, is that the word? Scarce? Scarce? Not many dance contracts. Um, you'll kind of take whatever's out there. And that could always be, um, I don't know, could be a good idea, could be a not. Um, could be damaging to your soul, um, could not. A lot of times, and I think a lot of dancers would agree if you are one yourself, that a lot of people want to just give visibility as payment. <laughs> or like, um, yeah, that's it. Or, you know, um, which I think as... I think as a young, if you're a teenager starting to teach, you know, I do think there's a little bit of paying your dues, you know, to help out, do whatever you can, the most you can in the industry for not as much as you would want. But I think as 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 you get older and as you evolve and if you're giving a good dance client experience, then you should be paid adequately. That's all I'll say about that subject because that's a huge um, thing that I... I kind of stay out of. I think I try to perform as best as I can at any moment when I do get a contract. Um, and keep in mind, I got put into a red tube and dance, and had to dance on a TV. All right, like a cardboard TV. Like I almost fell off and broke my teeth because I wouldn't have been able to put my hands on the floor because, as I mentioned, I was wearing a tube out of fabric. Yes, on live TV. So there, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of contracts that I've done that I've loved. There's so many choreographers and so many talented dancers um, that I've met across so many areas of Canada and even in L.A. Now, um, I did go to L.A. actually um, with my students in 2019. Um, right before the pandemic. And this was a time of my life where I had just recently lost my mom, still living on my own with my ex-husband. Uh, things were going decent. Just I was just rolling with the punches at this time. Didn't really know what was going on, but um, really simple life. Social media wasn't really anything big for me at that point. Uh, I had just, yeah, and uh, we went to Millennium Dance Complex. Now, if you are a dancer, you know uh, they have them all over the world. And they house some of the most famous choreographers and most talented choreographers uh, out there. Now, so when we went, and I say we because it was with the studio that I was working at uh, at the time. Yeah, I'm still with them. What's up? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I was with the studio that I was working with and it was me, my boss, and I think like 13 of our students. Now I will say that, uh, this trip that my boss had invited me on to chaperone with all my students, we had a great relationship. Um, it was, it was, it was really high end. I'm not going to lie the the hotel from the hotel to the experience. My boss was really, and still is truly an amazing woman um <laughs> yeah now we went to millennium dance complex and 
So I've been there before, like I said, when I w- when I went the first time, when I had just moved out um, earlier on in the years. Um, but I was never really filmed, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was never really any cameras. Social media was, it was a thing, but not not too, too hot. Um, right around this time, the, this, so when I went with my students in 2019, I, um, I felt this pressure, right? Like, you're bringing your students to go dance, so we're all going to go train under the same person. And you could imagine the stress if I don't get the choreography, Right? I don't know. I was always super stressed out about that. Like, if I don't understand it, like, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I should get it. So I felt this pressure. And sure enough, maybe it was just recently losing my mother, just being super passionate and feeling like I had something to prove. And having the pressure of all these students behind me asking me questions of, like, what is this move? What is this move? I wanted to be there to help them. And I killed it. <laughs> and this was the first time that I actually got picked for uh, two videos. And just as soon as that, that camera and you, you feel the energy of the people behind you watching the rest of the students, just the idea of it, the whole urban energy of it, the heat of the room, the sound of the feet. There's, there's so much that goes into that moment for a dancer that that's why we do this, to have that feeling. And I fucking killed it all right i killed it in one of them the second one i did puke leaving but i killed the dance you just see me kind of like waddling through waddling to the back back door but you know it's like um but that was a really huge huge moment um i would say as well and just uh, my self dance development i think it was really important for me to feel that and feel all that energy and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and then teaching was no longer. Now, um, if you're a teacher, you know that for a little bit, I think we all did this whole teaching from home. You can still dance. Just go on Skype. No. Okay? No. No, you can't. You can't go on Skype because when you do, or when you go on anything, the music is unsynced. Everything does not work. Like, there is no point. Some of my students faked that their Wi-Fi was messing up. They live in mansions. There's no way. Like, you know what I'm saying? What the hell is going on? And to be honest, sometimes I would too. Like, <laughs> it was rough. And not only was it rough in terms of that aspect of it, it was rough financially, right? You lose your job. You're not an essential service. Um, and it was rough. Um, I would say from that point on, uh, my divorce really, like the separation with my ex-husband uh, within the past year or two years, really did have an effect on um, how I created. Now, again, if you're a dance teacher, I don't really know who this audience will be for this podcast, but I will say that a lot of life events that you, like, you go through, highs and lows, um, will reflect in your choreography. Well, it does with me. Um, and I would say that year, I just didn't really have my head on straight. <sighs> I don't know. Because since 2019, with social media and all these things, and I don't know, I feel like the world has gone so quick and evolved so fast. Short content, immediate gratification, things like that, TikTok dances, you know, small things like that that just created such a quick evolution of 
dance and pop culture and what's cool, what's not. I don't know. I think I just lost myself and I do really feel like I picked up those pieces and put myself back together again, leading me this year to have um, a relatively great year. We're going to see with competitions, but I mean, as long as my students, and I, I think they are, as long as my students feel that this classroom with me is a safe space, but also a space where they are um, important and valued and they feel strong. They're able to look at themselves in the mirror and appreciate what's looking back at them and dance to badass music and feel these movements and feel this energy towards their bullies, towards their, their parents, whatever the case may be, whatever they're going through. As teenagers, we always go through a bunch of shit and the world is... <laughs> All the problems just seem so small now, but... Uh, you know, back then we always needed and could have used an outlet for that. So as long as my students are feeling that energy, I'm I'm there, bro. I'm in it. That's that's what I need. That's what I want. Uh, I'm doing God's work. I feel. No, I don't know. I don't actually. I don't know. I feel like I am. Um, now uh, I want to talk about where I think the future of dance is going. Now. As prude, oops. When I dance, when I when I create choreography, I do like using vulgar music. I do like you know risky you know innuendos, things like that, and all for it. But I do see this world with these music videos. <laughs> like I saw a music video from a artist called Ice Spice. Now Ice Spice has a song called you um and if i'm not mistaken i think it is think you the shit fart i maybe and um you know not much dancing mind you maybe that's not obviously the music that we're talking about because you know normani and so many other people wow that was a really bad 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 example but i just saw that today and it's really fucking my brain up like who is signing these people like not even gonna lie i actually say now you think you the shit you're not even the fart like i am yeah <laughs> yeah um but i will say that i'm not quite sure where the future of dance will go you know tiktok dances were always such a huge thing that i feel like this quick like this quick gratification movement i don't know like these 15 second dances are like taking over going into class and like training and like getting like a full choreography in you you know i'm not quite sure um or like even like with this whole question of ai you know i know that's a crazy thing to bring up in dance teaching but when you think about it like i you know not that my job could necessarily be replaceable but i mean I'm sure if you can make an AI-generated classroom and you say, make me a hip-hop choreography for a minute and a half uh, with a mix, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know, like, would I do it? Would I use it? I'm not quite sure. Or would I make me hip-hop team positions, maybe, to be honest? And I, I feel like uh, those ideas are always welcome for me because... 
the one challenge I do have when I choreograph a team, not so much a contract, you know, if I'm doing a show piece, it's a lot easier. But with a hip hop team for competition, I feel like there's always like this formula to make it look at cooler with positions. And it's always been hard for me. Always been hard for me. Um, but uh, this year, I feel like I'm doing an amazing job. So, guys, as I wrap up this podcast uh, from my journey of a decade of teaching dance, from the first plies to the final curtain calls, it's been a whirlwind of passion, sweat, and a whole lot of soul. I hope uh, my chat with you today has sparked a fire in your heart uh, for, for dance, you know? Whether you're pirouetting in a studio, grooving in your kitchen, I want you to remember one thing. The dance floor is your canvas and the music is your paintbrush. So keep shimmying, keep shaking, and keep spreading the joy of dance wherever you go. Because in the end, it's not just about the steps, it's about the smiles, the friendships, and the memories that we all make together along the way, you and your dance teacher, you and your peers, and in show. So thank you for tuning in. If you're a dancer yourself, practice your fucking routine. Oh my God, (laughs) that's so funny. Oh, God. Uh, So until next time, guys, keep dancing like no one's watching. Just kidding. Like people are watching, so make it count. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Zach, and this was Zach Talks. Dancing through decades, a decade of teaching dance. Bye-bye.